Okay, hey everybody, this is uh, Jim Barton and uh, Abby Conley, and we're coming back with um, Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, as promised, we're going to try and do uh, current events first, and then we'll do a scripture in our next, um, our next episode. And the current event that I think we probably need to talk about is the election of Donald Trump to the President of the United States. So Jim and I are sitting here on inauguration weekend. Um, we're drinking this morning instead of last night, but still reeling from that event. And it's it's strange because as Jim and I have talked, um, both of us feel especially concerned at the ways our fellow Christians abandon Christ in this whole election cycle. And th there's no way that the gospel is not political, but I think this time it became especially so. And I think, you know, for me, Donald Trump, his claim to fame is that he's rich. And um, he sort of celebrates greed. And I think, to me, that stuff is so anti-Christian, so contra-faith that it's stunning to me that I can see people who will, um, you know, based on sort of their political leanings, will um, support someone who, to me, it's just, it's just hard for me to get my head around how they could possibly support somebody that that was his values. Yeah. And so we, we go back to, well, if we're going to talk about Christians as anti-greed, where would we go? Well, it's really easy to just go to Jesus who, by all accounts, was not born into wealth. One of the best indicators of him not born into wealth is the fact that when he was dedicated to the temple, it was not, it was the poor person offering that was given. The two birds rather than a larger animal, because that was all they could afford. Right, because the Old Testament provides many examples of where if you're rich, this is, if you can afford it, this is a sacrifice you can make. Mm -hmm. But we have a pauper's exception, and if you can't make it, then you make this other lesser sacrifice and Jesus fell into the second category. Right. And thereby he's also just by that act inherited a system that makes special options for the poor and creates those special options for the poor. Um, you don't lean, you don't get everything out of your field. You leave a little so the poor people can come back and get food on the edge. Um, get whatever is left over and not go over it a second time. Um, you get the stories of, hey, so whatever the immigrants are in your midst, you treat them in this specific way and you honor them in this specific way. Um, yeah, and, and for example, um, you know, when um, uh, Yahweh makes the pact with the um, Israelites, with the Hebrews, um, the circumcision is for the slaves too and for the um, foreigners too, right? Like everybody gets circumcised. Everybody that's living with them is a part of it. They don't have separate, you know, uh, ritual for the foreigner and for the Hebrew. Right. And then, you know, you had the story where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, hey, you know, what do I have to do to inherit eternal, eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, keep the commandments. And he responds, well, I kept all of these since I was a child. What else do I lack? And Jesus' answer is, go sell everything you have. Before, uh, was, was Jesus serious about that? Um, was that just because that's exactly where his um, joy was and where all of his treasure was, was in that thing. Jesus also said, store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy. So there's a lot there about, there's a really problem with greed and with wealth. 
Well, and let's not forget Matthew 25, mm-hmm. where Jesus is explicit and says, look, if what you do to the poor, that you do to Jesus. And if you mistreat the poor, you go to hell. I mean, that's that's what Jesus says in Matthew 25. Right, and I have a friend, she's an Episcopal priest, and this week she posted um, an alteration for Matthew 25, and she posted, I was hungry, and you voted for the person who will take away my food stamps. I was thirsty, and you voted for the person who will repeal environmental regulations that keep my water clean. I was a stranger, and you voted for the person who says he will build a wall. I was sick, and you voted for the person who will make it so I can't get health care. And if you read Matthew 25, the original version, and that, they're pretty equally damning. One takes it into current context, but the other one is still like, hey, if you don't do this, this is the only time Jesus says, you'll go to hell. In fact, he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Right. Okay. So I, I feel pretty confident about a couple things. I feel confident about the Trump's election as a loss for Christians. Um, and I feel that being polite about it is not required by the gospel. Right. I think the gospel is all about being um, uh, vocal. Okay. Well, now what does the Bible tell us to do when we lose? And that's a better question. Or a harder question at this point. Yeah. I think to ask. Um, so... You'll talk a little bit about some Old Testament stories. I actually think of Jesus in the temple. um, Because that's a scenario where it's like, okay, so Jesus is living in the second temple. They were the losers. The temple was destroyed. The temple was rebuilt. They're sad because it's nowhere near its former glory. And Jesus, you know, they're living as people under an empire. Let's... Not for a moment are they the ones in charge. They've had a ruler who's kind enough to give them the temple back. And even in that system where there's a clearly agreed upon system of how we do things, Jesus goes in and there are money changers. And this is, okay, so you need the temple currency or you have this other currency, you bring it so you can make your offering. And Jesus turns over all the tables. Now, I have pacifist friends who say, you know, it wasn't a violent overturning. He just walked in and flipped them over and, you know, walked out. You know. I don't really know how that goes over like you do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But you have this story of, like, just because this is the system that we've agreed upon, just because this is the system that you have to operate in, doesn't mean you are complicit in the system itself. So that's the be angry version. Right. And I think there's plenty of be angry in the um, epistles, right? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of you abandon, you, you are in the world but not of the world. There's plenty of that. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the idea that things can suck for a long time and you just have to sort of deal with it. And I think about the, one of the things I looked at was, um, you know, Jeremiah is talking to the uh, Hebrews that are being exiled to from Jerusalem to Babylon. And he tells them, yeah, you're going to be there for 70 years. Right? Like, that's a couple generations. Right. Like, the 70 years is not an... That's not like, well, maybe we can impeach him after uh, 18 months, but I'm afraid we're going to have to go the full four years. Right, that's like two generations. And so um, he basically tells them, hey, live your life, marry, you know, 
get you know find wives for your sons you know you know offer your daughter you know send your daughters off to be married do the, do what you do and you know at some point God will come and get you and you'll get to come back but it's going to be a long time and you just need to accept it and frankly that's in the epistles too right with this you know slaves obey your masters right it's like hey yeah this world's going to suck for a while but then you sort of have to deal with it and so I don't know where that leaves me are we in the give Trump a chance camp are we in the you know let's you know let's you know let's just be true it's also a big versus small thing right like are we should we be at the marches we're not at the marches you know we're doing bloody mary bible brunch you know but should we be at the marches or do we wait and sort of see what happens and do we try to keep our values internally and sort of be each individual lights of justice you know sort of out in 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 the world so i always believe there there are two kinds of justice because let's be clear that it is the christian call that we seek justice and a lot of my conservative friends and I disagree on social justice especially because they say, well, no. When I read that list of you deny me food stamps, you deny me all of these things, um, all of these things that you deny me, they're like, well, no, that's Christian's job. That's not the government's job. And gov- Christians shouldn't expect the government to do that. My response is, great, let's have your $5 billion. Mm-hmm. And if you have a few other friends who can ship it in, we'll, we'll take care of this thing. Right, right. I'm fine with that if that's the way we need to go. But I, I think as we look, there is the, you never stop seeking justice in your immediate where you are, but you never lose the vision of what God has either. Because when Jesus, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, and over the next few weeks in worship, we'll be reading the Sermon on the Mount, because that's the pre-Lent, what we read through. And um, he talks about the kingdom of heaven, but he talks about the kingdom of heaven at hand. And that hand image is just so compelling to me because I've always thought of it, um, you know how like you're in bed and heaven forbid you get out of bed to actually get any anything? So like you're you're at the point where like only your foot's left on the bed as you try to reach for this item that's over right, there. Right. And I think of the kingdom of heaven like that, like it's just there, you're reaching for it. And at some point you get up, you get out of bed and you get the thing you need. And when you get up and you get out of bed and you get the thing you need, then you begin living in the kingdom of heaven. And so you have Jesus telling the story of almost. Yeah. And I'm not yet. And so just because the not yet seems farther away now, that doesn't mean you stop reaching. And that doesn't mean you stop doing the things that might mean you get out of bed and you start doing something. Um, And... In different conversations that I've been in lately, a lot of that is, how do we do that? You right. know? How do we work on systemic change? Well, how do we work on local change? What do you do? Are you the person who actually speaks up when you see a Muslim right. being harassed? Or do you register as a Muslim? Right. Or do you house a person who lost their DACA privilege and is looking for you know, uh, refuge, do you provide the refuge? You know, I mean, those are, those are, you know, do you, this is one thing that I feel like we can say for sure is the gospel does not permit you to be comfortable. Right. So, all right, well, maybe that wraps it up. So, uh, we know we lost, we're unhappy with it, and then we're just not sure how radical we need to be, but we leave it to everybody to figure out for their own.
All right, everybody. We will. Uh, that'll wrap it up for now. Until next time. Cheers.